Hello, everyone. Welcome to Too Long Didn't Read, the podcast made by nerds like us for nerds like you. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags. In this podcast, we cover the biggest things in nerd culture and news, as well as what makes them interesting. This week, we're end walking into the latest Final Fantasy XIV expansion and low key talking about the chaos of time travel and alternate universes. So stay tuned to stay savvy on all things nerdy. again hiatus and all i feel like we're an accomplished podcast we needed a hiatus yeah all the good accomplished podcasts have hiatuses yeah they get long well i guess i guess if it's serialized you get a longer one like welcome to night vale had like a straight up what three months almost it's crazy yeah i mean if you're the kind of you know podcast that's all professional and has like a script and plans out their episodes and all of that. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) they generally tend to take longer hiatuses so that they can like, you know, work on their stuff. But sometimes you just need a break when you have a full-time job that's not podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, that's something that pops up every now and again, an actual job. Yeah, I know. But you know know what? It's, It's good. I feel refreshed, rejuvenated. I feel ready to to step into our, our beautiful episode here today. What about you, Sam? How do you I, feel? I am fired up. Uh, for those of my uh, for those of my gym members, they will laugh at that statement. Um, but <laughs> well, you said it so enthusiastically. You were like <laughs> you were just so. Oh. I am, just, I, I am fired up. I am. Well, to be fair, I am actually pretty excited because I got I got my second dose of the vaccine yesterday and it kicked the crap out of me. Yeah. Was it yesterday? No. I, two days ago. Two days yesterday, ago. Yesterday. Yeah. It was the Wednesday. So a week ago Wednesday for those of you listening now. Um, but it was it was terrible. But it was great at the same time. Like I knew why it was happening, but oh boy. like everything hurt i went i went to take a drink of water at one point and it felt like i was curling like actual weight you know how like they make the joke of like it's 12 ounce curls ha 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 and you're like oh that's adorable yeah yeah yeah. i went to drink water like oh well that's why i have a headache my water intake's garbage let me take a sip and had a full shaker bottle so it couldn't have been more than 20 ounces and it was just like it felt like like legit like veins should have been popping like i was i was high-fiving arnold schwarzenegger and predator Dylan, son of a gun clank and like flexing for no reason it was it was wild but it's only been two days and i already feel way better than i did i'm operating at about 80 percent good that's good yeah and you know what in in like another week you will be fully fully like souped up on the vaccine you know yeah, be fully effective you'd be I good to go i can't wait i can't wait to see what powers i get yeah i i was pretty disappointed um my powers of falling asleep at any time anywhere 
um, have only amplified. And I was hoping I would get something new, you know? Don't tell me that because I already have that ability. And if it gets amplified, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mine just got amplified. Oh, no. So, I mean, I could have used something up? better. Should I, should I stand up for this pot, this episode of the podcast just to make sure? Because if I sit for too long, that's usually how it starts. <laughs> Maybe I should just kneel or something. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. fine. Right, I'm sure right. you'll get some fun, exciting abilities. Uh, and you can tell us about them next time. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, man. But speaking of things to look forward to in the future. Yes. We've got some future vision. First things first, that has actually come out with a trailer. We've got Venom, Let There Be Carnage. My only problem with it so far, the the title, it's it's a little lengthy. You could have went with Absolute Carnage, but whatever. It might have been because <laughs> it's already a, a game that came out in 96, but I'm sure you guys could have bought the, the rights to it. But I digress because it looks like it's going to be amazing. I don't know if you noticed it, but it looks like we're getting, I, I want to say her name is, is Screech. She's Shriek? The, Shriek, yes. Shriek. It looks like we might be getting Shriek in this trail, in I, this movie. I believe so, yes. I believe that has been confirmed that it was Shriek. We just are not quite sure how her powers slash symbiote deal is going to manifest since they don't really have the rights to mutants, yeah. so to speak. So we'll have to we'll have to see how that works. But yes, I believe it has been confirmed as Shriek. Now good catch. Thank you. Real quick, do they not have the rights to mutants even though they've got the rights to X-Men now? Something about, yeah, something about like the actual concept or the word of mutants. I, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to do more research on that later, but right. I read that somewhere. Well, we'll look deeper into that, but something I'm really excited about is they are not showing you how they get their symbiotes, which I think is really mm -hmm. dope because – the last Venom movie, the Venom, the first Venom film that I thought was really cool was they used a lot of unfinished uh, footage. There's a scene where Riot takes out like an entire room. He turns his arms in the sides and swipes and just basically kills everyone in the room. In the trailer, when it first came out, you don't see him or the scythes come out. You just see computer desks and monitors and stuff just go flying in different directions and people as well. And in that quick second, I was always like, what happened that straight up the force of something pushed everything away? And then you go see the movie, you notice that footage and you're like, oh my gosh, it's because he just murdered everyone in that yeah, room. Yeah, okay. So like, I'm really excited because now we're getting a lot of complete what looks to be at least complete CGI edited, like everything's in there. And we're even getting like some of the audio, like when, when, when Venom's chocolate delivery isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it, it does look really cool. Yes. I'm very excited for that to come out. Um, and I do wonder how they're going to, how they're going to handle like the whole, you know, carnage being a, like technically kind of a child quote unquote of venom. Are mm. they going to have it be something similar to that? Or is it going to be different? How are they going to handle that whole thing? So that's going to be a very interesting uh, when it comes out. The trailer is up on YouTube already, but venom is set to premiere September 24th of this year. Sweet, sweet. 
All right, this is a little dated, but it's still this month. We got some <laughs> title reveals for some of the Marvel sequels coming out. So Black Panther 2, it's been announced that it will be called Wakanda Forever. And Captain Marvel 2 will be called The Marvels. And that is because, of course, they have confirmed that it's Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and then Monica Rambeau. So presumably those are the Marvels that they're talking about, which will be pretty fun to see. And I'm looking forward to both of those movies a lot. Man, they just can't come fast enough, but it's going to still be quite a long wait for those. I'm excited about the Marvels, if only because every Marvel that's there, every character that's there has been Captain Marvel at some point or another. (laughs) So like, I love that Marvel is doing that in general, that like they are not writing off that the characters doesn't exist. It's just that they were the first incarnation and they may not have had the title, but they were still the first incarnation of that character's like thing. Like they did it in Captain Marvel with- Marvel. Yeah, with Marvel. I'm trying to remember, what was her like, I'm, I don't wanna, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the mentor that basically like trying to think of their their relationship. Like what were they to do each other? Like aside oh, from the, friends. It was, no, it was just like a mentor-mentee thing. She yeah. was, she was, she worked for the Air Force and trained Carol and Maria. And the problem is we got no trailers on any of those. I know. Trailers are a little bit few and far between right now for some of the later Marvel stuff, but we'll get there. We'll get there. COVID delayed a lot of filming, so (laughs) we just have to wait a little while longer. Yeah, no worries. We'll get there. Speaking of a little late. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little late for two reasons. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. And two, it came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is out now. For those of you out there that don't know what Mass Effect is, it is a third-person real-time strategy shooter. It's a combo of the two, at least. That's what I like to call it. If only because you can control multiple characters, including one of your own creation, and actually have them in strategic points during like active firefights and whatnot and control their abilities. It's a really awesome game. And the story is amazing. It is so comprehensive. Yes. It is in scene that came out not only it came out may 14th but the game the first time it came out was back in i want to say 2007 2008 was the first game and then they came out with three altogether. but this new legendary edition has remastered the whole game and has put out all three in one legendary edition i love it and of course mass effect also is one of those games where the decisions that you make actually do matter And do influence the game and even go so far as to influence the stuff that you did and chose to do in game one influences what happens all the way in the third game. Like, it's, it's an insane undertaking of continuity that is just absolutely mind blowing to actually play through. So I can't wait to do a whole replay of that with the Legendary Edition. The only the one other thing I wanted to bring up was that I thought was really cool was even with you not having played the last game because remember they came out with one on xbox and then x and then two came out on playstation as well as xbox mm-hmm. i thought it was awesome because they give you they give you choices they gave they basically give you a quiz and oh, then you yep, answer yep. the quiz you answer the questions and then they it, those answers influence what those choices would have been in the last game yeah <laughs> so they're like oh this cool. is fine and then you're like oh god no <laughs> like, <laughs> No, it's cool though. But now, you know, you get the opportunity to play them all through all at the same time. Absolutely. But then we're going to move on into something, a little bit of news that I just thought was 
fun and will not come to fruition for another year. But <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock, has been cast as the voice of Crypto, the super dog, in the upcoming animated film DC League of Super Pets. Uh, DC's animation game has kind of always been on point, unlike some of their other <laughs> aspects of things. Yeah. But uh, they are going to come up with the DC League of Super Pets, which is essentially Superman's dog teams up with a flying cat to stop crime when the Man of Steel is on vacation. <laughs> and I love that so much. So that will be released more than likely May 20th, 2022. So that was your look into the future. Well... And the very recent past. <laughs> we were on hiatus, okay? <laughs> so, we tweeted about a few of those things. So yeah, we just want to make sure everybody's everybody's up to date, you know? Yeah. Nobody misses anything. It's all good. It's all good. I'll, I'll jump right into my topic here because um, this also is a little... It's, it's not like dated or anything, but this was about two weekends ago now from when you're listening to this. Final Fantasy fourteen had a fan festival, an all-digital fan festival, where they released a lot of really cool new items. They also had some really fun events going on. And of course, the most important was they released some additional news about the next expansion. So Final Fantasy XIV is, of course, a multimodal online role-playing game, MMORPG, <laughs> that uh, that has the base game as well as currently three expansions to that base game. Endwalker will be the fourth expansion coming out this November. During this fan festival, they released some new in-game items that you can purchase from their online store, which is called the Mog Station, which yeah. is just fantastic. And there is a there's a mount, a new mount that fits eight people. Yes, there is an eight-person mount now. It's called the Lunar Whale, and it looks kind of ridiculous, but it's basically like a mechanized whale, and it's fantastic. It's it's amazing. I, <laughs> right? I've ridden in that because the one that. That, that our friend Scott has. He's, I, that one, I think, has seven seats. Does it? <laughs> I think so. I wait, got wait, in that one. <laughs> hold on. Wait. Was the one... Maybe he did get the lunar whale. I thought, he got, <laughs> I thought he got the already existing whale, which is a two-seater. And you're oh. like on top of a whale, and it's got like a little picnic table on top of this whale, and it's Okay, fantastic. so no, that is not the whale he's got. <laughs> the whale he's got is like... It's this big black... Thing. Yep. Like, okay, that's the lunar whale, and it's got it can fit seven people in it, at least seven, seven other more. people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's right. So it does fit. Eight. So it's eight people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's phenomenal. I didn't know that was the one Scott had. So oh my gosh. the lunar whale. That is it. It's fantastic, and uh, apparently, I'm going to get to see it in game very soon. <laughs> definitely going to get on tonight and be like Scott. I need to see this whale. <laughs> Um, they also released uh, some new minions that you can get. They're three characters from Final Fantasy IV, actually, and that's Rydia, Edge, and Rosa. So for those of you who played Final Fantasy IV, um, you can get little, little minions of these characters. Um, and then they also released a couple of different orchestrian roles with some really cool music from uh, sort of, they call it Scions and Sinners, and it's sort of from a specific part of the Shadowbringers gameplay. So some new orchestrian roles, so you can add that to your 
your soundtracks, and uh, all of that, like I said, those can be purchased now, and they were released during the Fan Fest. But the important thing that I wanted to talk about, of course, was all of the Endwalker announcements that we have from this Fan Fest. So, of course, we have the official release date being 23 November of this year, with early access starting on 19 November. Very exciting. Nice. They did announce the second new job, which is a new DPS job, and it's called Reaper. This is a melee class that uses the maiming armor, which currently is only used by the Dragoon class. So this will share with the Dragoon, which is very exciting. This job, Reaper, involves summoning an avatar from the void to team up and deal damage. It's going to unlock for characters once they reach level 70, and you can start those classes in Ulda. The reveal footage that they showed during the FanFest is actually pretty amazing. The armor is essentially this really cool, like, black ensemble, complete with black cloak and a, like, black-brimmed hat. What? You look... You look kind of like a combination between, like, a ninja, Zoro, and, like, just a just a really cool I, I don't know just really cool what? okay just really cool their weapon is actually a scythe as the name reaper would suggest oh see here i thought it was going to be dual shotguns brutes and an Overwatch reference. I feel like they would have had to pay for that. I feel like that would be some sort of intellectual property issues going on with that but anyway this scythe looks amazing. It looks like a really, really cool fighting style and weapon to have. And fighting seems to kind of be a, com a combination of the physical and magic. So they utilize the void to summon like certain powers to themselves. And they can even summon a specter-like void scent creature that delivers a few attacks and can even fuse with the reaper to increase their power. So the footage is really cool. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's not spoilery in any way to look at like the, the Reaper reveal. Um, they don't have any spoilers for the story. So feel free to take a look at that. And it sort of seems to be this kind of magical melee class, which is really cool. I think everybody was a little cautious when they stated that they were going to release another DPS class yeah. um, because there are just a lot of them. <laughs> and... Uh, they all have their their cool parts, but it's like, really, another one? This one looks pretty neat just because of that whole, it's melee, but it also has that magical kind of integration with it. So I feel like it's a, the reason they do that is to keep people coming in because that was my issue. When I first started playing, I was turned off a little bit because I tried to learn tank like and, right off the bat. Yeah, And I was in old DOS. So I was like, of course I want to run around with a sword and shield. And uh, Rebecca talked me into getting into Dragoon and I flew through the story as Dragoon. Yeah. I was so much more excited to just run through and do everything. She's like, you don't have to worry about jobs. You don't have to worry about this. So I think the reason they keep coming out with these new DPS classes is because when people get into the game, yeah, don't make them think and don't let them get hated on. <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't ever played an MMORPG, and I hadn't before starting Final Fantasy XIV, it's definitely hard to start as a tank or a healer yes. right off the bat because you just you're not used to that whole online multiplayer type of of role like yeah. there's specific roles that you have and being a dps is a little bit easier because there's so much so many more of them and so they can kind of cover down for when you you know when you're still learning and yes being a tank as i was i didn't realize that's what i was doing when i started and yeah you get it's there's a steep learning curve there yeah. so. <laughs> anywho um some other new announcements were new locations so they're the new major player hub 
is going to be in Old Charlian. So that's going to be kind of the the new like main city hub from from where the story is going to kind of kick off. Some additional areas coming out as well to include Thavner and Garlemald, as well as a place called Mare Lamentorum, which is going to be the surface of the moon, which is super cool. We get a moon base. We get a moon base. We get a moon base. Other exciting announcements. Of course, there's going to be a new race to play, sort of. Really, it's a new gender for that race. (laughs) Um, We're going to get male Viera. And previously, the Viera were a race of um, sort of (laughs) bunny-like people, sort of. Not really. They're... They weren't really like bunny. I mean, they had anyway, bunny ears. They got they big bunny ears. ears. They got big, they're tall people with big rabbit ears. And they were previously only female. And the counterpart to that was the Hroth, the Hrothgar or Hrothgar, who were this the lion type people that were previously only male. So we know that with the release of Endwalker, we're going to get the male Viera. But we also know that they are coming out with female Hrothgar sometime soon after that. So that'll probably be um, in a later patch. They'll probably release that. They just didn't really have enough time to do both of them simultaneously. But they did announce that they're also going to add some female Hrothgar. Which will be great because I I kind of always wondered why they bothered to have these sort of like gender locked races. I thought that was a little strange, but yeah, it was. That's what I thought that too. I was like, like that's a weird. Flex. They didn't do that with any other race. Yeah. yeah, it's just the Vera and the Rothgar. So as it is, they're correcting that gender locked thing, and they're at least offering a, a male version of the Vera and a female version of the Rothgar. Um, and that's that. They're also introducing a new 24-person alliance raid called Myths of the Realm, uh, which will actually... I'm really excited for that one because it's going to get into the history of the 12 gods of the source. So they're always talking about the 12 and like by the 12. And when you create your character, you also sort of choose which of the 12 gods is essentially your... Um, your character's chosen chosen one, basically. Like which one your character follows. Um... But you don't really get a good sense of anything about them. And, uh, you know, the rest of the the rest of the game, while it does focus pretty heavily on the idea of gods and goddesses, uh, it really never delves into the 12. So this Alliance raid will finally kind of give us some history, some backstory and take us through some of that lore, which will be pretty exciting. Um, And the other thing to announce, of course, is a new beast tribe. And they're called the Loporitz. I think that's how you pronounce that. Loporitz. They're frankly, incredibly adorable little rabbit-like, bunny-like creatures who I believe are going to live on the moon. So I believe that when you go to the moon base, uh, that is where you will unlock that particular beast tribe. Oh, God. Which Um, is kind of adorable. Okay. (laughs) And because I always, I thought that was kind of cute because like some people say that there's like a man in the moon. Like when you look up at the moon, you can see the, the... the face of a man or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there also is the idea that when you look up at the moon, you can see a, a rabbit or a hare in the huh. in the moon face. And I've always seen the rabbit. I've never really seen the face, but I've always seen the rabbit in the moon. So I thought that that was kind of like a neat little thing. Like, oh, there's gonna be a little rabbit tr- beast tribe on the moon and you can see the rabbit in the moon. I did not realize that that's what the Loperitz would look like. Yes. Because I quick Googled them. And uh, now, I don't know if you know this, the memes 
the memes. Oh boy. Oh, memes. I oh I bet there are memes galore. There I have is, not looked at the memes, but I bet that they are galore. I'm just gonna include one or two in the show notes. I'm not gonna get into it because, like, dude, it is perfect. It needs to be seen and not described. Okay, all right, that sounds good. That sounds good. Another big announcement from the fan fest was that they are introducing a new data center coming for uh, Oceana, which is kind of the Australia New Zealand region, which will be really good. So adding a whole new data center will make it a lot easier, hopefully, to accommodate any influx of new players. So this would be a good time for new players to sign up and, uh, and get into it. Yeah. Yep. So this fan festival was pretty cool. I didn't really get into a whole lot of it during the weekend itself. They did a good job of doing like that sort of digital only sort of fan fest. And I, I think it worked pretty well for them. We've got some great announcements, some great things to look forward to. So I, I kind of want to wrap up like everything that we know for Endwalker. So there's been a lot of released about Endwalker, a lot of rumors and stuff too, just to like kind of pull together everything that we know, everything that was released at FanFest and before. We know that there are going to be two new jobs. There's a healer called Sage and a Reaper, uh, that melee DPS. The new playable race, of course, with the male Viera. You've got the level cap increasing from 80 to 90. We've got the new areas, Old Charlion, Favnair, Garlemald, a place called Labyrinth. Labyrinthos, which I think is like an actual underground labyrinth, hmm. um, but not sure exactly where or how that plays in. And then the Mare Lamentorum, which is on the moon. You've got new beast tribes, the Loporits, and also the Arcasodara, which I haven't really seen much information about them, but two new beast tribes coming up. We have some new threats, Anima and the Magus sisters. And the Magus sisters, I believe, are also from Final Fantasy IV and have and then appeared later in uh, I want to say Final Fantasy X or Ten Two as one of like Yuna's summons. I think maybe wrong about that one, but I'm pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Magus sisters are well, no idea how and where in what context they're going to show up here in Final Fantasy XIV, but we'll get to see them again. Uh, a new high difficulty raid called Pandemonium. So if you're okay. one of those like savage raiders who goes and does that, that's there's that to look forward to. <laughs> the new alliance raid I talked about, the myths of the realm. There's also going to be a new small scale PvP mode, PvP being player versus player, which right now PvP is generally kind of this giant mass of chaos <laughs> and and a lot of death and destruction. To be honest, that's uh, even putting it mildly. Yeah, it's a little mildly. It's it's a little bit more than just chaos, but uh, but I think they're going to introduce a new smaller scale mode as well, which would be interesting to see. Of course, the new residential district that I'm really excited about in Ishgard. I'm hoping to get a house there, but of course we have to get a lot more in-game money first. That's fine. It's cool. We got plenty of time from now until November. We yeah. Can, we Between can... the raids we're running and how how close me and Scott are to, to the end game here, we'll, yeah. we'll have that cash. We'll be making that cash in no time. We'll be making that gill, yeah. <laughs> that sweet, sweet gill so we can buy a new house. You can call You can call me the fish from Chernobyl because I'm going to have an obscene amount of gill. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, um there will also be some new updates to the gold saucer, which is that really fun and terrible at the same time casino-like place that you go to play arcade games and whatnot and lose hours of your life, and a new relaxation area called the Island Sanctuary which should also have some fun games and uh, interactions. Cuz you know, you have a game within your game so that yeah. you can game while you while you game and whatnot. Um, Pimp your ride. 
Oh, goodness. Anyway, so the new patch uh, has also just been released today, the date that, that this episode is released, uh, May 25th. It's patch 5.55 that will have a continuation of the main scenario quest from patch 5.5, which will take us ever closer to the events of Endwalker. <laughs> so we're, we're chugging along and uh, it'll be there. And hopefully... Sam, you and Scott will eventually make your way to the end. We're and we we're can pretty all... close. Like we're, well, we're you got, in the you got one expansion left. Yeah. So you can yeah. you can get there. You can do this. You can do this. <laughs> but pre-orders uh, are available for Endwalker now. Um, with the pre-order, you do get that early access, which begins Friday, 19 November, tentatively set for one o'clock in the morning Pacific Standard Time, but that could change, but that's that's what it is set for now. You also get access, immediate access actually, to in-game items, one of them being Menfina's Earring, which features a moon design and attributes that will vary according to the user's class slash job and level when equipped. So that kind of changes based on that. But it will also give you a 30% increase in experience points to help you level all your things up to level 80, which will be great. You will also get access to a minion, um, which is a wind-up palom. And palom, again, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, <laughs> but it was one of the young twins who joins your party in Final Fantasy IV. So I'm sensing a little bit of a Final Fantasy IV homage theme going on here, which is very cool. Because I have actually played that one. Nice. I don't remember a lot of it, and I'm pretty sure I never actually finished it, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the collector's edition with the collector's box is actually currently sold out on the Square Enix store's site. Oh, snap. However, the digital collector's edition is still available for $59.99, and the standard edition is available for $39.99. So um, there's also, if you have not started Final Fantasy XIV and you think you might want to, I would highly encourage you to um, because it's a lot of fun and amazing. Sam and I play it all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun and uh, it's a great time to get started on it uh, with the hype of the new the new expansion coming out soon. And there's probably going to be some cool specials and deals and things. Right now, the Square Enix store does have the Final Fantasy XIV Starter Edition, which includes the base game, A Realm Reborn, and the first expansion, Heavensward, plus a 30-day free play period for oh, wow. only $19.99. So, <laughs> yes, the, the actual, like, the whole game itself does require a subscription if you're going to go further beyond A Realm Reborn. Um, into the other expansions, that all costs additional money, and it's it's a periodic subscription. But if you've got the money, um, it is worth it. It's a very fun game. Or you know what? Just even do the free, like the free play stuff uh, with a Realm Reborn. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's what we've got going on. And um, Endwalker is is coming soon. And hopefully, actually, I think Sam and I are planning to potentially do um, an epis like an epishort or a series of epishorts on Final Fantasy before uh, in like the lead up to and Walker coming out officially yes. once of course uh, he and Scott have caught up to be fair um, we could start at the beginning we ain't got to start mean, we it could. we don't have to yes. start at freaking Shadowbringers no like, we're not going to start at Shadowbringers <laughs> but I want you guys I want you to have like the full context so oh, okay, that, you know we fair, can like fair. you know so that 
it's it's just nice. It'll be nice. It'll yeah, be nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't I want agree. anything to distract you either from your goal of getting through uh, <laughs> and, and getting through the story and stuff. So you trying know. to research the last the first game that I played while I'm playing the last game. <laughs> yep. Yep. Although that might actually help to catch up on some stuff. Fair enough. But anywho, that's that's that and very exciting stuff. So that is awesome. Uh, really excited about it. I love that they're delving deeper into so much lore around it, like the gods themselves. Because when you pick the gods, they're like, this will not interfere with gameplay whatsoever. And yeah, I'm like, it has no effect on gameplay. <laughs> I'm like, why are we, then why, why am I, why do I have to do this? And now what's fun is it makes me wonder if they're going to make it so it does affect gameplay in this final expansion, but not like in a serious way, like your God appears above you and you're like, oh shit, that's right. I, I picked him <laughs> or I picked her. Like, that'd be fun. <laughs> I just but. would I would like to just know more. The lore the lore of Final Fantasy is so deep. Yeah. I mean just the the whole the world building is probably the best thing about that game. I mean mm-hmm. there's a lot of things about that game that are great, but the world building, the depths of the stories, I mean it's just um that's just one of the one of the truly great things about that game. So it'll be exciting to to get more of that. Absolutely. Uh speaking of gods, and um, mm-hmm. the exact opposite of not affecting gameplay. We are. I am talking, of course, about our favorite trickster god, Loki. Yay. So it's. We're, I don't know about you guys, but me and Mags are really excited about this. Loki something. is finally getting his own series or something. So now we don't even have to just sit down and watch just one movie. We essentially get two to three, if you think about it, depending upon how long these episodes are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know about Loki, what have you been doing? With I'm your sorry. lives. Yeah. What, what, why? Why? He's, why? <laughs> he's truly, he is truly a talent to behold. But I digress. Loki is played, of course, by Tom Hiddleston in the Thor series and other movies in the MCU. Now, we've seen him in almost every Thor movie, despite being what we thought was, you know, dead. <laughs> <laughs> now, Here's a quick rundown of why we keep thinking he's dead. First of which, we meet we meet him and, to be honest, the Odinson family here in Thor, the original Thor. Now, including some... We meet, like, the whole family, including, like, some illegitimate Odinson children, like Slepnir. Um, <laughs> we try not to talk too much about that. Uh, if you guys are curious who Slepnir is, that's the eight-legged horse that shows up in, in the first Thor movie, yeah, that's technically Odin's grandson, but we're going to just leave that. We're going to move on. We're just going to yeah. Odin it. rides his grandson into battle. To be fair, he doesn't realize that that's his kid, but well, again, moving along. Now, in this movie, we get a fantastic character arc of, to be honest, the main title character, of course, Thor, going from spoiled battle-hungry prince to eventual understanding and caring leader. But- for the sake of the topic, we also see Loki become a source of opposition. Not necessarily a villain per se, but definitely on the other side of things. He's got his own motives, which I feel really captures the character that is Loki in the comic books. Now, what he does is he almost starts a war between Asgard and Jotunheim. And Jotunheim is the f- home of the Frost Giants. And in the final moments of the film, we get this really, to be honest, amazing and heartbreaking scene where Loki almost succeeds and in the final moments of his failure looks his father in the eye, Odin, and says, I could have done it, father. I almost did. I almost did it. And it would be for you. It was going to be for you. 
And to be honest, what he was trying to do kind of was genocide. Jack, it was a little jacked up. He literally was trying to destroy Jotunheim. Like there was not going to be anyone, anyone or anything left. Annihilate it. Even Odin, if you've read anything about Odin, even Odin was like, no, Loki. No, that's (laughs) his exact words. No, Loki. And Loki, realizing this is a thing, not to mention the whole buildup of the fact that he slowly realized not only that, but he was also, to be a, to be completely honest, adopted. And also to broker a peace, not because Odin was like, you know, I want another kid, but I don't think it should be one of our own. I think we should adopt a child that needs a loving home. Nope. He straight up just, all right, it'll shut him up. Cool. And took this kid and was like, I guess this is fine. So no, and, Lo- and took it from Jotunheim, by yeah. the way. Like, he's a frost giant baby. <laughs> So that's sort of that's sort of the crux of Loki's um, personal crisis and of identity crisis, like you yeah. know, realizing that he's not actually Asgardian; he is in fact a frost giant. I don't know why frost giant baby made me laugh so hard. <laughs> frost giant baby. So, like, so upon this realization that not only is he not Asgardian. And there's a chance that his father might not love him, but also in an attempt to win his father's love, he lost and lost the possible prize. He says, nope, I'm out. And just dives into a black hole. Dive's a strong word. He does go feet first into it, but I digress. He he goes into a black hole and (laughs) everyone is sad about it. Now we see him again in the Avengers, the big mashup, quite possibly labeled the greatest team up in all of cinematic history because of so many fine actors and actresses and characters from multiple movies. We find out that in typical Loki fashion that he was actually able to get around the whole death thing and he was able to angle himself to land in a in the same area slash universe or close enough to the same universe as Earth or as they call it Midgard. And this proved to be only slightly true as he was able to just have a direct link and influence the moves of a of one of the most key scientists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Eric Selvig, creating eventually creating a portal for Thanos and his crew to come through and cause an issue. Now the issue is, of course, you know, taking over the planet. Yeah, yeah. So the that, Avengers kind of had an issue with that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the whole human race kind of had a whole issue. With I mean, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. If we want to expand on that, but anyway, for sure, that all of course fails. And uh, Thor is able to take Loki back into Asgardian custody, if you will, and bring him back to Asgard. Now, we don't see the Odin Sun brothers again until this movie, or at least together. I think there's a movie in between where we kind of see them around each other, but not quite. Anyway. I don't think so. Right? No? Okay. I didn't think so either. I didn't put it in my notes. But anyway, we don't see them again until we find out about the Dark Elves. Now, the Dark Elves at some point had a huge issue with Odin's dad, which is way back in the past because Odin's like forever old because that's an age. and. He, the Dark Elves return with plans to release the ether on the nine realms. Now, this is later to build, to later reveal to be an infinity stone, but more importantly, it can only be pulled by certain creatures and or people. So it eventually, it essentially gets, or I should say accidentally gets absorbed by Thor's love interest, Jane Foster. And so to keep her safe, Loki convinces the main dark elf, Malekith, to pull it from her. Mm -hmm. And while it's in the air, Thor is to destroy it. And he misses. And there's a fight. And Loki dies in the fight. 
he he's mortally wounded and as he's down he thor holds him in his arms and he's and he's like i will i swear vengeance and to to tell father of your sacrifice oh and it's so sad it, you just it, cry it, tears it is actually oh. it is actually kind of sad it like, is actually kind of quite sad it's it, very sad and loki apologizes it's and like it's just a whole thing <laughs> it is brutal uh and um so yeah we don't know what happens there uh well we assume that loki's dead of course but of mm-hmm. course it's not the case until about 10 minutes later or 15 minutes later yeah after the credits are done. yeah about 15 20 minutes later after the credits are done yeah. it is revealed as thor goes to odin and says i'm gonna stay on midgard with jane and 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 live a life with this mortal that i've come to love and odin says you have my blessing gtfo and he goes bye <laughs> And he leaves. As Odin sits there and Thor leaves, you see the camera pans around and you see the light around Odin's face kind of shimmer and it's revealed to be Loki. And you're like, wait, then where the actual F is Odin? And we don't, yeah, we don't find out his whereabouts, of course, until Thor Ragnarok, which to be honest, kind of goes pretty well for a lot of parties involved. Let me... Let me finish. <laughs> okay. I mean, did we watch the same movie? I mean, it goes it goes well towards the. It's a people, not a place. All right. Let me. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Please continue. Continue. <laughs> okay. So finally, we get the Odinson brothers with a really, to be honest, kind of fun reunion with uh, Thor Very definitely fun. playing. Yeah, definitely playing older jock brother to loki's nerd brother <laughs> or just older wiser brother who uh has been tricked so many times by little brother that now he's like mm, no i got your number now kid fair enough <laughs> uh so after loki reveals himself to be loki and not odin turns out he's been running all of asgard as odin for this entire time poorly <laughs> yeah not great he's been laying around eating grapes writing stories about himself and it's been amazing <laughs> so let's be real he's been having he's been living his best life but i digress yep. <laughs> now after this happens he they go find odin and odin unfortunately is on his last legs he tells them hey yeah Kind of sucks that we had to reunite like this, but um, I want you to know that I love you. And he says this to both of them, yep. like pretty much individually to the point where even Loki is like, wait, whoa, what? Even Loki has a feeling at yeah, that like- moment. You could see it on his face. He's like, I'm having a feeling. I didn't know I could have a feeling. This is a feeling. <laughs> this is this is strange. So... Uh, And he says, by the way, um, you guys both have an older sister. She's evil. I locked her in hell. And um, my magic and existence is the only thing keeping her at bay. They basically have a chance to go, uh, what? And he goes, peace, and is gone. (laughs) Yep. Now, Hella shows. (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry. What? Fades. And I will say, like, he fades away pretty cool. And remember, I said goes pretty well for all parties considered. Because after that, it goes terrible we get hella takes over asgard all of this stuff happens and eventually they have to destroy asgard to beat her and um again it's uh it's good you know because a lot of people survive uh but yeah their planet is gone but hey yeah. they survive they're on their own little ship to find a new asgard and until about 15 minutes later after the credits after the credits <laughs> 
because then we see none other than the big purple man himself ship show up to come down bearing on new Asgard's little refugee ship. I'm talking, of course, of Thanos. Now, Thanos shows up, and in Infinity War, in the opening scene, we see that Thor, Heimdall, and Loki are trying to, at this point, negotiate with Thanos, and it's not going well. And there's a last ditch, it's what heroes do. We're gonna try and fight him. Doesn't go well. And Loki tries to feign negotiations. You're gonna need a guide. I'm a guide. Let's do this. I failed you before, but hey, I got it this time. And in a last ditch effort, after presenting them with the Tesseract, the stone that he is looking for, Loki tries desperately to nip this whole thing in the bud and kill Thanos with a quick jab. Hi-cha! And to be honest, his character writing goes, it was it seemed pretty solid. But yeah, um legit. Thanos had like what, three infinity stones at that point? So nah, no, bro. he only had like two or one, was one it? or two. Because he got the Tesseract. Anyway, too many infinity stones to think you'd win. At least that's yeah. what I thought. But I guess it was a foreign concept to have him in a glove. He stops Loki mid-stab. And this, in my opinion, was the most brutal and finalized death of Loki. Mm-hmm. We saw him get stabbed in, in, uh, in Thor The Dark World. We saw him fall into a black hole in the first Thor movie. In this one, we see his neck broken. And it is not smooth. It is not pleasant in any way. Like some movies, they break a neck and it's like, oh man, that was brutal. In this one, you're like, could you go a little faster? Do you have to take... Oh my god! And then he falls, and it's just brutal. And then you see his lifeless eyes, <laughs> and, and it's, it's just a—it's just a horrible, horrible time. For a everybody. horrible time had by all. So you're probably thinking to yourself, first of which, Sam, why? Why did you describe that in such graphic detail? I'm trying <laughs> to drive to work. I apologize. But the other question you're probably asking is, yeah. So now he's actually dead, and you're right, he is. But in typical hero fashion, we are terrible losers. I say we because I'm an Avenger. No, that's not true. But the Avengers and Justice League, we're all, they're all terrible losers. I mean, humans in general are kind of terrible losers. Yeah, that's so we fair. is probably fair, yeah. Yeah, we we can't we can't lose. So what do we do? We have to move the goalposts. So what do we do? Of course, we go back in time. And in going back in time, we decide we're going to find the Infinity Stones. And the reason we're going back in time is because when confronting Thanos, we found that he destroyed the stones. He destroyed the stones with the stones. I'm leaving that alone. But (laughs) he destroyed the stones. Well, now we need new ones. Well, technically old ones. So we go back in time to grab new stones, old stones, whatever. Grab these stones, bring them back. And as we're trying to do this, at one point, we kind of botch grabbing the Tesseract, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, like the fun teleporty one. And when we drop it, it's when they're apprehending Loki in the first Avengers film. He picks it up in typical Loki fashion and whoop, he's gone. And we're like, oh, there it is. Now, one of the things I really like about this, Megs, I don't know about you, this was seen as a plot hole by a lot of people. And people like me and you, as avid fans, were like, nah, this is going to come back at some point. I don't know about you. No, I was legit pissed about it. Because really? I was like, because this is the one, this is this is the one thing that bothered me about Endgame because the whole point of what the Ancient One told Bruce <laughs> was do not create alternate timelines. If you create an alternate timeline, all of the universe will be destroyed. And they created an alternate timeline and didn't say anything about it. 
Nothing happened. Nobody said anything. <laughs> Nobody said a single word about it. When we got a whole 10 minute, 10 minute monologue from the ancient one about why we couldn't create an alternate timeline. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to get into it. If you're interested in that rant, I have done it on this podcast <laughs> in our Endgame review episode. <laughs> it's entertaining. You can go listen to it there. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. There's an alternate Loki. Got it. Now, here's where it gets real fun. This is the Loki that we're following. Yes. He is. The trailer starts with him just being in cuffs. Not like them chasing him or him running from some mysterious organization. Nope. He is caught. He is in cuffs in an elevator, pissed. And he has been caught by the TVA, also known as the Time Variance Authority, for his dabbling. Which is funny, because if you think about it, this is technically not his fault. He just... He just went back in time. He, no, he just teleported out. He didn't go back in time. He just well, we left. don't know. We don't eh, know fair. that he hasn't done anything since then. So that's fair. That is absolutely fair. So, <laughs> we don't know when the Loki series starts. Maybe he's already been out doing some crazy stuff. That's fair. Now, I think it's funny because of the fact that there's a chance that it's not his fault because I think it would be funny for him to finally be answering for his crimes when yeah, they weren't actually, his true. crimes to begin with. That would be with. kind of ironic that the right? one time he actually gets caught and punished, it's not technically his fault. So with that said, we're going to talk about what we know about the series so far. And there's some, there's not a whole lot of confirmation, but the one character I should say, or better yet, there aren't a lot of characters confirmed, but there is one character confirmed that I'm one, I'm going to dive pretty deep into real quick. Uh, first of which, let me get over the two rumors that are floating around. There's going to be a Callie Fleming. I'm going to say Kaylee because it's C, it's C-A-I-L. So yes. Kaylee Fleming will be playing a young Sylvie Lushton. For those of you who have read the comics, you may recognize that name because she becomes Enchantress. No, not the one from Suicide Squad. She becomes Enchantress in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the comic book universe, apparently. I should say possibly in the cinematic universe, definitely in the comic book universe. Mm -hmm. What's fun is she is a human living amongst the Asgardians when they are in refuge on Earth trying to figure things out. But most importantly, she's given her powers by Loki, at least depending upon the continuity you read. Right. So there's a chance we might end up with a new hero slash villain because the comics I read, she kind of dabbled. So we'll see how that goes. Next, we have got... Sophia DiMartino is rumored to be playing a female version of Loki, the title character. So there's a chance we might actually get variants of already existing characters, which means who knows what we'll see. We might That would be so cool. I know, right? Because like the whole thing about this is really starting to lean towards multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. And I should say, I, I really should say, like, not just multiverse of madness, of course it's leading up to that, but it seems like it's going to lead into why this exists, why this is an issue. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So one of the things that I also think is funny about that, quick little side note, which it's not weird for us to find a female version of Loki because um, that's kind of how Slepnir came around in the first place. We'll leave that. That's a horse of a different color. <laughs> oh, buddy. 
mean, oh, let's be real. Loki has swapped genders on a couple of different occasions, but okay, yes, so, that is one of them. So the, the horse thing was the only one that I knew about. Apparently, I've got some digging to do <laughs> now. This is where things are going to get interesting, and I'm going to wrap up with this character about the series. Prevalent and a character that has been confirmed is being played by Owen Wilson. Wow. His name is going to be Mobius M. Mobius. Not to be confused with Morbius, which will be coming out later. (laughs) This character is a constant issue with a number of time traveling and intergalactic heroes. He has his ups and downs. Like that one time he caught like four criminals. Not like, it was four criminals that were wanted for illegal time use and continuity theft amongst a bunch of other crimes. But they escaped under his surveillance. And you're probably thinking they would have to be pretty fantastic to do that. They would have to be pretty fantastic, like four pretty fantastic criminals. If you're not getting it, it was the Fantastic Four. He caught the Fantastic Four at one point, and then they yeah. got away. But still, he captured them. He and did. He had them. He had them in his grasp. But still, they got away, and that landed him in some hot water. So realizing his job, because that's what this whole thing is, it's very bureaucratic and going to be hilarious to watch. He is actually landed in hot water in this sense, and he is going to be fired eventually. He knows it's coming. So what's fun about this is he seeks out possible employment and asylum in the Chronopolis with Kang the Conqueror. Hmm. Nah, yeah. See? Uh, another another rumor floating around in the yeah. Marvel Universe at this, this point. This is a rumor slash theory. There's so much leading up to this, but more importantly, this is the one that really got my interest. In doing some digging, I realized that not only the Fantastic Four is a group that he's dealt with, but he also caught another human lawyer that actually tried to save her friend, uh, her friend Clint. Yeah, Barton. Apparently, he was called in to do some sort of jury work for another case coming up. And she passed him a note that saved his life. And that varied a bunch of timelines. So she was captured. And this lawyer was none other than Jennifer Walters. You may know her better as She-Hulk. Dun, 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 dun. Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. Because the thing is with She-Hulk, she during her actual trial, she saves a bunch of lives and is essentially let off the hook. And in bringing her in, this causes a great redemption arc for this character, Mobius. So in theory, we could see him have a crazy downward trend and then right at the end of She-Hulk, see him get a nice little arc back up and call it a day. So with that said, we've got some awesome characters rumored to be in this upcoming series, some that they have that are rumors, but one they have confirmed that very well could play a major part in the current upcoming phase four and the eventual phase five. Really interested to see where this goes. Loki is streaming every Wednesday starting June 9th. Yeah, so exciting. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, It's going to be cool. I can't wait to have more Tom Hiddleston in my life, obviously. So uh, yeah, that was really good. That was a great uh, recap too of like, (laughs) I like it. The last like 15 years of Loki, I love it. It was great. So can't wait for that to come out. Um, A lot of good stuff to look forward to, man, in the whole nerd world. It's going to be dope. I am just, well, it's just really something I think that's really interesting about Marvel is they use all characters. There's no 
new random person that just shows up that you're like, who, who is this guy? If you Google their name and put Marvel at the end of it, you will find out they were in some issue and were prevalent for like three pages. And I now mean, shoot, smiling tiger was a real thing. Yeah. Like, like oh come on. <laughs> I think the only character that was made up. And even then, I don't think he was made up. I just haven't had a chance to look him up is uh Martin Freeman's character in all oh. of, like the black Panther movies. Yeah. Agent. No, his name was like agent Rossi. Ro- yeah. Rosie, something? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if he was a real character in the comics. We should look him up. We'll do some digging because I'm really excited to see what this does. Because like I said, they use so many characters that if you just Google their name, you will see like everything they've done and how it is pertained. Mobius is really a Fantastic Four, She-Hulk central character so for him to be getting in this new series on this original series with loki is gonna be wild because this could just be an introduction of him and then we could branch off from there exactly exactly marvel does do that very well that whole interconnectedness of everything um so there's definitely a lot of possibilities still coming for the future of the marvel cinematic universe definitely going to be fun to see and fun to watch but um yeah, if if you all out there are excited about the future of Marvel, about the future of video games, about the future of anything, really, uh, and you should be excited about the future, hopefully in some way, shape, or form, because it can <laughs> only get better from here, friends. Hopefully, knock on wood. But... Um, <laughs> Feel free to reach out to us. Share with us your thoughts, your theories, the things that you're excited about, things you're not excited about. Um, if you have anything that you would like us to cover, uh, any questions that you have, um, anything that you wonder about the significance of, let us know. Reach out to us. You can find us, as always, on Twitter at 2LDRCast. You can tweet about our show using the hashtag 2LDRCast, which would be super phenomenal. And you can reach out to us via email. Uh, with the email 2LDRcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget that we spread our podcasts prevalently through word of mouth. mouth. So make sure you tell your friends, like, and subscribe to this podcast right here or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And with that said, guys, it was too long and you didn't read it. So thanks for listening.